Oh yeah. All right, hopefully that syncs everything up. Welcome guys, my name's Justin. I am the broker for Texas Ally Real Estate Group and I wanna to talk to you guys about appraisal waivers. This has become a thing. I mean, Austin's been on fire for a few years. You know, shit hit the fan this past year, but for some reason, I mean, for several reasons, obviously, the Fed, interest rates, and already there being a housing shortage, and then everybody fleeing the West Coast and East Coast coming to one of the most biggest, the largest economic powerhouse in the United States, as far as I can tell, uh, for the next 20 to 40 years, Texas, and uh, the crown jewel of the West right now, it seems like it's going to be Austin, Texas. That's going to be the new tech powerhouse, man. We're, we're coming in real fast and it's exciting. But at the time, at the same time, that has put some insane pressures on our real estate economy. Our industry is on fire. The, the housing supply is basically non-existent and that has sent our, our uh, prices for land and homes through the roof. Austin, Texas is a horrible, as, as great as good and bad at the same time. If you're already owning, it's great. You're just, you're just cashing in on this stuff. If you're trying to jump in, you're, you're fighting with 50 other people on every single house. It feels, feels like anything under 400 K multiple offers. It's insane. The neighborhoods I grew up in going for 400, 500 K now, it, it just blows my mind. Anyways, the reason why I'm bringing this up is in my brokerage, I've noticed, and I'm sure this is for everybody in Central Texas, there's a lot of, almost everything's going to multiple offers. And because of that, and on top of that, on top of going to multiple offers, it's going over list price, and not just over list price, it's going well, way, 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 way over to a point where the appraisals are like, hey now, you know, we're, the bank's not gonna approve that number. And, I would even bet the banks are the ones that talk to the appraisers about being a little more conservative. This is this hasn't become a situation until this past year, when I mean it just feels like the um, it feels crazy. It just feels crazy what this uh, market's doing, and um, the specific aspect that I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, going over list. And finding yourself in, in situations where you're way, you're very likely to go over list and over the appraisal and um, listing agents are usually requesting or requiring uh, an addendum called the uh, addendum for right to terminate due to lender's appraisal. There are two, uh, oh, I mean, there's, there's three pieces, three options on that, on that addendum. Two out of three are the, there's two of them that you use on a regular basis. However, you have to be as a buyer's agent and as a listing agent, you need to be very, very aware how those interact with the third party financing addendum. There's a lot of real, uh, listing agents that they don't, they're, when they, when they think they, when they, when they think they're getting a full waiver, they're thinking that's a blanket. Oh, you know, I get to keep their earnest money. That is not the case. And on the flip side, if you're the buyer's agent, and you're giving a full, a full waiver that puts a lot of risk on your side. Now there's, there's two big paragraphs that interact with that in the third party financing addendum. 
paragraph 2A and 2B. 2A is dealing with buyer credit, 2B dealing with property approval. And the appraisal waiver addendum eliminates a specific, a specific facet of paragraph 2B is the best way to describe it. If you find yourself in a situation, so, so let's, let's go through listing agent scenario where they, over, they, they overestimate the power of that, that full waiver of the appraisal waiver addendum. The specific situation I'm thinking in the top of my head that has, hap that has happened several times, they get a full waiver of the appraisal and they find out that the appraisal is $50,000 under the contract price. Buyer doesn't have that money. And so even though they can't back out of the contract for paragraph 2B for property approval, they can still back out for paragraph 2A, which is buyer credit. Now on the flip side, if you're a buyer and you find yourself in that situation, I'm finding, I'm coming across situations where the buyer buying agent is not going through all possible scenarios, which they should be. And that is, um, what's, what's the best way to say it? It is, um, I think it's lazy and I, I, it's not doing anybody, it's doing a disservice to everybody involved if you're not going through every single scenario. So going back to the other scenario where, you know, maybe the buyer didn't have enough money, but it got, it goes way under appraisal. Now think of, think of it a little bit differently. Maybe they do have the cash, but they didn't think, the, they just didn't believe that the appraisal would go that low. And this has happened. 50k under you know the appraisal coming coming in 50k 60k under contract price and they do have the cash but they're just like taking it back and now they like they're questioning should I even buy this thing if it's this thing is freaking if this guy's telling me it's worth this much and we're going 60k over I could have bought you know could buy a nice truck or something I don't know it's a it's a it's a big pill to swallow not many people are willing to do it. Like they're willing to do 10, 20 K, but they don't think they can go 50, 60. And it's possible sometimes. If you're, if you don't go through worst case scenario with your buyers, you're wasting everybody's time. You waste the seller's time. You waste the selling agent. They could have told, sold it to somebody that, that was ready to, to, you know, make that leap. You're wasting your time because it doesn't close. And then the buyer's time because you didn't, you didn't educate them for the, the freaking scenario. A lot of, uh, not a lot of deals, but some deals have been lost like that um, from both situations that I just described to you guys. Yeah, those, those are the two main ones. But um, let me, what I'll do is I'm going to go to my computer. I can run through the scenarios a little bit better, but off the top of my head, those are the ones that really cause a lot of problems for people. I wanted to walk through some of these scenarios for you guys for this uh, addendum. I know talking through it, it helps, but you know, actually looking at the document makes it a little bit easier. Uh, I'm a person that actually has to do it, and um, yeah, just get the reps and go through all the scenarios, and then you got to beat it into my head a couple hundred times, and then I'll I'll know it perfectly well. And so, yeah. All right. So 
we talked about a couple of these. Well, here, here are the three options. Let's go through the whole addendum first. Uh, just get the you know mile high overview. All right, so this is an addendum. Gets attached to any contract. Right now, the the MO in Central Texas and in a lot of hot markets in Texas, listing agents are requesting, if not requiring, this addendum. And like I was saying before, both sides need to be careful. Listing agent needs to pay attention to paragraph 2A. A full waiver doesn't you know, dismiss the need to still be credit approved if they don't have the cash to make up the difference. And then on the other side, buyers need to know if they're actually liquid enough to close or if they're willing to accept worst case scenario if they are willing to do a full waiver or if they're doing a partial waiver figuring out what that worst case scenario is that they'll be okay with moving forward. Most people don't do it, man. They don't do it. They need to go through all the scenarios. You'll be, you know, the 5% of scenarios where that happens, you'll be a lot happier when, when it does happen. Okay, so that's the addendum. It modifies a particular paragraph in the third-party finance and addendum. I probably should pull that up too, actually. Let me pull this up for you guys. All right, so check this out. Third-party finance and addendum. These are the two paragraphs I was telling you guys about. Buyers, you need to be aware of this. I mean, buyers and sellers, definitely the, the agents 100% need to be know this stuff backwards and forwards. And my experience is the average agent doesn't. They don't know how the, the mechanisms, they just, it's it's more like monkey see monkey do you need to know these things backwards and forwards and exactly how the mechanism works okay so let's get back to this other this is the addendum it's about uh it modifies the third party financing addendum like i was telling you about here's the full waiver here's that partial waiver i was telling you guys about and here is that additional right to terminate in this market no one's really using this. This is this is for buyers markets. You know, if you think you have leverage, this gives extra leverage to the buyers. No one in this current market, no one's using that. Unless they're unless they don't know what they're doing, they'll accidentally do that. All right, so now let's dig deep into these these first two options. So you get to pick one of the two. Or I mean the the listing agent usually wants you to do a full waiver. If you're the listing agent, if you're asking for a full waiver, you need to be asking for proof of funds to at least to the estimated appraisal that you guys are thinking worst case scenario the appraisal will come in at. Otherwise, if they you got to make sure the other side is aware that this it could get that it can go this far and if it does, they got to be you know ready to swallow that pill. Some people don't look at that. Both sides should be paying attention to that. All right, so let's read it. Waiver. This is the full waiver. Buyer waives buyer's right to terminate the contract under paragraph 2B of the third-party finance and addendum if property approval is not obtained because the opinion of value in the appraisal does not satisfy the lender's underwriting requirements. So this is specifically paragraph 2B. This is what I was talking to you guys, especially the listing agents. That 2A is still available to those buyers. You guys, they're completely separate paragraphs and separate instruments. So 
here's the scenario contract price or list price you list it for 400 you get it you know multiple offers all that fun shit and you guys get it on you get it under contract highest bidder goes 50k over list price when you guys when the listing agent did his numbers he was looking at the possible range for appraisals and he was thinking you know anywhere from 390 to 410 or whatever appraisal comes in at let's say it comes in right at 400 if you got and the buyer if they weren't ready for that they're they're putting their down payment on top of that uh, extra money so what what the lender will end up doing is they'll lend on the 400 if it appraises for 400 so that they basically have to come up with everything on top of that you get what i'm saying it's you got you got you, I, that would probably be uh, at least apparent that if it comes back in at list price let's say it comes in below list price you know let's say it comes in at 350 or something crazy and that does that has happened before you got to be ready for those situations all right so let's go Let's go back to that paragraph. If the lender reduces the amount of the loan due to the opinion of value, the cash portion of the sales price is increased. That's exactly what I was just telling you guys. So let's let's do this. Let's go back to that four hundred thousand dollars scenario. You got four hundred thousand dollars, or contract price four fifty. It's a ten percent down. Let's say it's a ten percent down conventional loan. The appraisal comes in at 400k so they got to put 10 percent of 400k 40k 40,000 to the 400,000 and then on top of that 40,000 they got to put that if the contract price was 450 an additional fifty thousand dollars so they're putting ninety thousand dollars down in that situation it's not many people that got that kind of cash you got to be ready i mean i mean in austin you got all the crazy tech people so there's some people walking around with that cash and that's awesome okay so I think I mentioned the, the listing agents perspective buyers agent perspective you you want to know what your limit is if you're gonna do the full waiver the second option is don't do the full waiver do the partial waiver so I mean let that's where I think is the more honest route, I, I think it's actually a real a, a real selling point. I, I really think it's a real selling point that you've actually thought out your worst case scenario. And I've won a couple. I was able to win a couple bids this way by making, communicating to the listing agent like, look. You better check if they're giving you a full waiver. You better check if they got proof of funds for the worst case scenario. So in my scenario, uh, the one I'm thinking right off the top of my head, I had a listing agent who was requiring full waivers and wasn't checking proof of funds. And I told her, like, you might want to consider checking proof of funds. Like, you and I both know this is probably going to appraise for X. We got a contract for here. My person has enough money to cover all the way down to this point. Have you asked your other people 
if it if it appraises at that at that at that point, do they have the cash to close? If they don't have that cash, they can still get out on paragraph two A. I had to walk her through it, and uh, she ended up uh, she double checked. They didn't have the cash, and we ended up winning it out. So it's a it's a it's a cool right now because people aren't savvy on this. Not yet. I mean, they're going to catch up. People are going to catch up. It it might give you a small competitive edge if you know how to work this this addendum correctly. So, yeah, you the, use the partial waiver. I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, if you if you got you know a blank check, sure, put the put the full waiver. You know, or I mean, if. I, there's probably some people that are going to start using this as like a um, playing dirty ball or whatever you call it, where they'll put the full waiver fully knowing that their buyer, that they can get out because they, they can't get approved otherwise. So they still can skate out using the uh, paragraph 2A. So there's probably going to be some sneaky buyer agents that are not. They're probably going to be. I'm going to call it acting in bad faith. It's it's not cool when if they do that, but I know there's going to be people that are going to do that. You know, there's there's man, especially like I feel like Houston over there that happens a lot. <laughs> that kind of shady stuff, man. I don't know. There's a there's a weird culture over there for that kind of shit. But um, yeah, I, I guess we've nailed through these these um, different versions. Why this is the why the partial waiver might be better. Usually, it's going to be better for both parties because it it usually indicates that they've actually actually vetted out all the scenarios. If you're going to get the full waiver, you better get a proof of funds while you're doing it. Um, I would definitely highly recommend you guys review paragraph 2A and 2B of the third party financing addendum because these are both, people still get it mixed up. It's like, it's like the two most important paragraphs of, of the entire contract, honestly, because most, 99% like of people get financing and if something happens, they, this, these are aside from the option period. These are the two most common things that are, in, uh, allowing or or two common outs for a, uh, for a buyer to get out of the contract. So, anyways, if you guys have any questions, give me a holler. And uh, if you have any more ideas for videos, let me know. All right, guys, thanks.